Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Diana Rumrill, who is a physical therapist in Washington, D.C. She also has an extensive background in manual therapy techniques, muscle energy, myofascial release, and treatment of the hand. In addition to being a physical therapist, she's a trained musician, and she, she plays piano, guitar, clarinet, she teaches violin lessons, and if that, as if that were not enough, she is also training to be a teacher of the Alexander Technique. And today we're going to talk about how the Alexander Technique complements physical therapy and other manual therapy techniques uh, with a bit of an emphasis on musicians, but also just in general. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. I really appreciate it. Diana, could you begin by by giving our listeners a very short description or definition of the Alexander Technique? Sure. Um, it's one of those things that can be a little different for everybody, I've found. And it, it, it changes a little bit for me as I go through my studies. But for me, uh, one way of summing up, the Alexander Technique is a way of sensing and moving your body with awareness from the inside out. Um, it'll help you develop a new relationship with your body in order to move with greater ease and balance. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what would it offer someone, just speaking in general, not musicians at the moment, what would it offer that, say, standard physical therapy or the manual techniques that, that you've trained in uh, don't have? What, what does it bring to the mix that might be missing elsewhere? You know, the biggest thing that appealed to me as a physical therapist for um, nearly 10 years by the time I had come to the, the Alexander Technique was that it empowers the, um, the person themselves. A lot of physical therapy tends to kind of, develop, uh, kind of uh, rely on the practitioner for a lot of responsibility. You know, the, the physical therapist, um, you know, is assessing what needs to be stretched and what needs to be strengthened and is, you know, kind of responsible for doing a lot of manual work and, you know, what you would call in the physical therapy world postural work and, the Alexander Technique takes, takes you know, feeling better and moving better and puts it into the hands of, of you yourself, the person themselves. Um, so that was, that's the biggest kind of global thing that I feel that the Alexander Technique has to offer. Mm-hmm. So someone coming to you for physical therapy uh, sessions would be probably expected to take a bit more responsibility for themselves than if they went to a more traditional or say standard physical therapist does that does that make sense yes and i, I think it's it's a terrific thing um rather than being a you know an overwhelming responsibility it, you know it, it it allows you to check in with your own body and be able to, um, you know, my training course might call it taking care of yourself. Right, um, right. Well, that is really kind of the essence of the Alexander Technique, isn't it? Right. Certainly on a, on a physical level, learning how to look after your body and posture and movement. Yeah. 
So um, when when someone comes to you, uh, do you uh, do you bring up Alexander ideas fairly early on, or do you work with them in other ways first and then bring it in later? What what is your strategy in in working with clients? Um, you know, a lot depends on the person themselves. I I work with a variety of clients. Some are with for my own practice, harmonious bodies. And um, some are, you know, more a general orthopedic population. Um, I, I think not everybody is interested in the in the model of um, Alexander technique and, you know, having responsibility for yourself. And if that person isn't interested, I don't push it on them. But um, if so, and some people actually do come to me and say, I, I hear you use principles from the Alexander technique, and then I'll I'll directly bring up the principles that I'll be, you know, integrating in. Mm-hmm. That's a very, I, I want to just interrupt you for a moment. That's a really interesting point that you raised. Uh, much as we both love the Alexander technique and see the value of it, the, the truth is that there are people who don't really want that kind of responsibility for themselves. And there's no point really in trying to force it on them. So, that's, right, it's it's just going to frustrate everybody. Everyone's <laughs> going to end up being frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, there's nothing wrong with that. So, right. um, and but, but and I, and I think it's I think it's probably fair to say, and this is a sweeping statement. I may be off base here, but in general, the medical model, at least in America, is you come to the medical professional who tells you. Uh, who gives you some kind of a treatment in, in case of a physical therapy, certain sort of standard processes, or if it's a doctor gives you drugs, or if it's a surgeon, you show up and get operated on. There's not a lot of emphasis, in, at least in, in my sense in American medicine, to really teach you, the client or the patient, to start taking real charge of yourself. And of course the Alexander technique really does ask you to take to start taking charge of yourself. So. Yes. Yeah, I agree that that that's um yeah, that it's different, you know, completely different from the medical model in some ways. Right. So if someone comes to you and they've heard that you do Alexander and say they're they're interested in that in addition to the other things, would you start working with them? using uh, Alexander ideas or would you begin with the more traditional methods? Um, usually, you know, as a physical therapist, I, I would do a, a basic assessment and see if there are anything, you know, any, is there anything in, you know, a basic way that needs to be stretched or needs to be strengthened. And those are, you, know, you might think of it as ways the body has adapted to habits. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, physical therapy can offer, you know, ways of of getting past body adaptations maybe a little bit quickly, more quickly than, you know, just working with Alexander Technique itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not I'm, just as a disclaimer, I'm not yet a certified teacher, so I, I don't give lessons Mm-hmm. You know, per but se, you, you incorporate yet, but, the ideas into your work. Exactly. Yeah, I just, just wanted yeah. to make that clear yeah. at, at this moment, right. as of 2010. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so something I might talk about is the role of the neck and how that can kind of be a master area of the body in helping you to gain control over the level of tension in your entire body. Mm-hmm. And then I might talk about just the concept of scanning the inside of your body and, you know, what proprioception is, you know, being aware of your body from the inside out and just, you know, simply being aware of that as a concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you raised a really interesting point uh, just a little while ago that there are some Con- I guess we could call them conditions or pre-existing conditions that while in theory the Alexander technique would change over time, the amount of time might be uh, many reincarnations long uh, and that you would probably be better off if you want to change some of them uh, in a reasonable period of time to resort to uh, the kind of manual therapy techniques that 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 you do that, whereas uh if you want to change the way that you function within whatever framework you currently have the alexander technique is is in my view definitely the way to go for that and that sort of harkens to a distinction that alexander made between uh, conditions of use, which is an Alexander jargon term, and and manner of use. Use being really a kind of a catch-all phrase for how well do you employ your body in whatever you do. And conditions of use would kind of be what's there now, and manner of use is how well are you using what's there now. And I think the Alexander technique is perfect for the second of those two, but not always that efficient a way to deal with the first, which I would imagine some of the manual techniques you use would be much more effective at. Do you see things in that way or do you have a different take on it? I'm just, I just sort of threw out my take, but. Right. That is a, I think that's a, a great way to you make a distinction. And I think something else to bring up is that I think we're sort of, um, in an, in an unspoken way, talking about people who might come to a physical therapist for pain that came on for no particular reason. Right. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't an accident or um, some underlying you know, disease process going on that um, definitely you know, caused this problem. So for things like that, the way that you're using your body, you know, for, for insidious problems that had no particular starting point Mm -hmm. Um, the way that you use your body is almost undoubtedly what's been going on that is causing the problem right Uh, right that's exactly that's a that's a good way to sort of gauge that isn't it right but that isn't the cause of every every problem and um, you definitely want a physical therapist assessing the underlying cause you know or the underlying issues if there is you know you know an accident or surgery or you know, some disease process. So, you know, just a little shout out for physical therapy there. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> um, when uh, we haven't talked a lot about it, but your your specialty, at least in your private practice, is working with musicians. Is there anything about musicians as a group that make that makes them a little different from the general population in your practice? 
I I think, uh, yes, I think musicians have often gotten to where they are in, in being successful uh, because they're, you know, they tend to be, you know, intelligent and very focused and um, ready to put in long hours of practice in order to, you know, you know, reach a goal or an ideal of sound. And um, those same characteristics that have served them really well can also set them up for a lot of very strong, ingrained, painful habits. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's been said I, uh, by more than one Alexander teacher that that musicians are 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 incredibly knowledgeable about their musical instrument, but often haven't really thought through some basic uh, basic stuff about their body, which is the instrument that plays the instrument. And so, as you say, they get very focused on the musical instrument and might could, can easily lose track of themselves in that process. Yes, I think that's a great point that, you know, you know how to change all your strings on your violin, you know, very easily. But do you know anything about how your shoulder is structured or um, even are you aware of it from the inside out? So, yeah, it's a great point. And in terms of, of education, because uh, I, I know from talking to you before that your your the emphasis of your practice is 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 more educational, say, than perhaps the typical PT. Uh, learning about some key aspects of your own body, so where certain joints are located, how they function. Uh, you don't have to go into a huge amount of detail. It's actually very, very simple anatomy. But for a lot of people, just knowing things like where their shoulders attach to their body or how their forearm rotates... Uh, can make a gigantic difference in how they play a musical instrument or or sing, for that matter. Yes, um, I love this concept of body mapping mm -hmm. that um, has come about, and that can be something that I forget as a physical therapist. You know, I've done a lot of study of anatomy, and I, you know, you can kind of forget that you know, the idea that you have of how your body is structured you know, will impact on how you move your body. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to say that, that body mapping, which is really just learning on yourself where key, key joints are and how they function, is, is not complicated um, sort of college-level anatomy kind of stuff. In fact, it's almost kindergarten-level anatomy, but it's very simple, but it's not generally taught to people in school. And right, it's it's not intimidating, but it's so important. Yeah, and very much so. Is there anything else you would like to say about the the Alexander technique and physical therapy and your work that we haven't covered? I I love your questions. Um, I just want to. I, I just wanted to make sure that people know that Alexander t technique exists. And that it doesn't have to be an either or a proposition between, you know, physical therapy and Alexander Technique. There are different things that both can offer. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I really think that the, the personal responsibility and empowerment that you can get from the study of Alexander Technique is really invaluable for preventing problems in the future. Mm -hmm. 
So um, maybe this will be a good place to to uh, end the podcast. Um, my guest today has been Diana Rumrill, who is a physical therapist in Washington, D.C. She's also a trained musician, and she is training to become a teacher of the Alexander Technique. And her specialty in her private practice is working with with musicians. So certainly, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, she would be a good person to contact if what we've been talking about uh, appeals to you. And if you're not in the D.C. area, <clears throat> you might want to check out, the, uh, the, check out uh, find an Alexander teacher in your area and, and explore, and explore what the, that method has to offer you. Diana, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. It's been a lot of fun.